And welcome back to Out of Left Field. Time for our Heartland Catfish Hotline. And this week, brought to you by the great people over at Heartland Catfish in the Mississippi Delta between Itabina and Greenwood. And uh, they bring us this segment every week where we have a chance to talk to a former Bulldog great. This week, it's Bo McGinnis, super agent in Major League Baseball. And before we do that, I'd like to remind you, and Charlie picks at me all the time. He gives me this hard time because I'll always know these great places to go eat. And the best place for some Heartland catfish, if I'm going to Fayetteville, Arkansas, or I'm going to Little Rock, is pulling off in Carlisle, Arkansas, Nick's Barbecue and Catfish. It is absolutely amazing. I make sure you go in there, get as much catfish as I possibly can, as I possibly can. They have great barbecue as well, but they have the finest catfish, and it's all served fresh from Heartland Catfish in the Mississippi Delta. Well, let's go to the guest line where former Mississippi State student, manager, Bulldog, and uh, Bo McGinnis, a major league super agent right now. Bo, looking back at coming to Mississippi State, what was the, the thing that really stood out to you about you know, coming to Mississippi State? How did you end up a Bulldog? And, and how did you decide, hey, I want to be a baseball agent one day? You know, it's such a blessing. Um, I, I tell folks, quite often i when i was eight years old i was a little boy down in uh atlanta and my dad had shared with me that it, it uh that mississippi state had recently hired a new baseball coach who had been speculated in the atlanta newspaper prior as possibly being a candidate for the atlanta braves manager uh was a guy who had been the head coach at georgia southern and of course that was coach ron polk and me as an eight-year-old hearing that a, a guy was considered to be the Braves manager uh, was hired as a college coach. I just thought that was a big deal. My family moved to Virginia when I was 11, and when I was 12, Santa Claus brought me the Ron Polk playbook. And I was just hooked at that point that I wanted to be a college baseball coach. So um, throughout high school, I played basketball, but in the springtime, I asked the coach if I could be the student manager because I wanted to be Ron Polk, and then I later wrote Coach Polk a letter and went down and interviewed for the job and became the manager there and um, was one of the best decisions of my life and I uh, loved my years there. And it was just during that time, some of the guys actually kidded me that I was going to be their agent when we got out of school, but we didn't really know what one was. And uh, my last year in particular, 1989, we were number one in the and there were days we would come in the locker room and there'd be three, four, five, even six guys that would have a letter in their locker. And, um, it, you know, they would all have the same letter. It would be from an agent who was sending out form letters and they would open them up and it would say, Hey, I'm so-and-so's agent. And, you know, the guys would think it was neat to receive those letters, but again, they didn't really understand what an agent did. And so they'd just throw the letter away and just think it was a neat thing. Uh, but then when we got to the draft that year, we had uh, quite a few guys drafted. And, um, I, you know, I know you guys remember that team well. Of course, back then the SEC roster was 22. And 17 of that 22 in 1989 went on to play some level of professional baseball, uh, which is really remarkable. And so it was as we got into that that those guys were drafted in June of 89. It was later that summer that uh, folks were chasing after the, the great Pete Young. 
And Pete said to me, he said, I don't want these strangers telling me what to do. If I'm going to trust anyone with my business, it's going to be you. Um, and of course, I, I did not even know how to be an agent. And I told him that. And he said, that's okay. I trust you and you'll take care of it. Um, and so it just kind of took off from there. Bo, a lot of people look and see Major League Baseball agent the way they see Major League Baseball player. They they forget about the trip through the minors. I remember following you, and you're kind of tracked to becoming an agent. There was a trip through or two through the minors for you as well, I'm guessing. Absolutely was. I, I call those my peanut butter years. Um, you, you know, I was fortunate. I, I went to, when I left state, I went to Vanderbilt and Nashville to go to graduate business school and get my MBA. And, um, you know, I started working with Pete in that fall. And then the next spring, it was actually Jody Hurst and Barry Winford. Jody in particular, he said, Hey, if you're going to be Pete's agent, I want you to be my agent. And yeah, I, I didn't know what I was doing. And so I, I actually went to the, um, the business school library at Vanderbilt, they had a book on sports careers and it, it said uh, for each career, it gave the average salary for each. And it also told how to enter that industry. And when I got to sports agent, it said the way to become a sports agent was to get a player. That was all it said. <laughs> um, and then with regard to average salary, it said $40,000. And I thought, that can't be right. All sports agents are millionaires. Um, but I quickly realized that's not the case. And to take it a step further, since I didn't really know what I was doing and there wasn't a book to read or a course to take on how to be an agent, I called Coach Polk and I said, hey, Coach, this is getting serious. You know, these guys are asking me to, to play an important role in their lives, and I really don't know what I'm doing. And Coach Polk gave me some great advice. He, he said, call everyone you know in professional baseball they all interact with agents in different ways and so learn from their experiences. And so I called different scouts and, and front office folks that I knew, or I really didn't know them. It was more so Coach Polk knew them, and he made the introduction for me. But the most important phone call I made was actually to Jeff Brantley. And Jeff was the guy who said to me that the, the agent business was screwed up, that an agent's supposed to be a professional like a doctor or a dentist. And he said, as you can imagine, if you moved to a new town and wanted a dentist, you wouldn't have someone knock on your door and say, hey, I'm Babe Ruth's dentist. Let me be your dentist. Uh, instead, you would seek out the best guy. So Jeff told me then, he said, hey, if you're going to do this, I don't want you to write or call anyone. I don't want you recruiting players. Just take care of the ones you have now, and it'll take care of itself. Well, he hurt my feelings when he said that because I thought no one knows who I am, so this is going to work out. Um, and yet he was 100% right. I love those first guys like brothers, and next thing you know, their teammates observed it, and more and more of them hired me. So by the time I got out of Vanderbilt, I had 12 clients, but they were paying me a grand total of zero. They were all in the minor league. So I actually took a job working the front desk at the Hilton in Nashville to support myself and did that the first three years of my career. Had my fresh, brand-new Vanderbilt MBA, and yet I was working the front desk of the Hilton to try to keep myself going. We're talking with Major League Baseball agent Bo McKinnis. Uh, Bo, I, I know that you, you represent a lot of former Mississippi State players, and you've been in Phoenix, and you've been in Florida uh, a lot over spring training. Who have you been able to see, and how are some of those guys doing? 
Uh, just last night, I had dinner with Hunter Renfro, who's starting his new beginning with the Tampa Bay Rays and doing quite well. And um, it was a lot of fun. We finished up dinner last night. We were walking out, and Nathaniel Lowe was sitting at another table. So we got to go by and say hi to Nate. And uh, Hunter had just told me during dinner how much he's enjoying being on the same team with Nate and um, how much they've, they've been following the Bulldogs. Um, I saw Jacob Robson three nights ago, and um, I don't know if you heard in the news, Jacob actually took a line drive off the face uh, in the dugout. Yeah. He was in the big league dugout with the Tigers and um, got a concussion. So he's been on the sidelines the last week and a half, but, uh, is progressing well and hopes to be back in the lineup here in the next few days. Um saw uh, Jacob Lindgren out in Arizona, and he looked outstanding. Um, he's a true candidate to make that White Sox bullpen, uh, so that's exciting. And I uh, got to see Brandon Woodruff throw a good inning out there, and he's going to be leading the Brewers' rotation. So it's just fun to run into these folks and to get to spend time with them. And, um, you, know, you know, I told Coach Polk years ago, I said, my – my goal is not necessarily to represent every Mississippi State player, but it's just a, uh, an added blessing when I get to work with one because it just gives me more time than Starkville, but also uh, just gives me something in common with these folks we get to have fun with. And um, I'll be having dinner with Adam Frazier tonight and then see Jonathan Holder tomorrow. Bo, as growing up as a kid, the things I always looked at for a baseball player were batting average, home runs, RBIs. The game has changed a lot now. Analytics, talking about things that I'd never heard of, like OPS and batting average on balls in play, things like that. Analytics have really changed the way Major League managers now handle their rosters and their game decisions. How have they impacted the agent business? It, it really has, and it's some, some good, some bad. Um, you know, as, as we go through the salary arbitration process each winter, which – is probably the, the most significant uh, work that I do and the most time-consuming work I do. Uh, for the first 20-plus years of me doing this, the focus was what I referred to as baseball card statistics. You know, those, those basic statistics on the back of a baseball card were the ones we would argue. Now, so much of that has been thrown out the window. Uh, we're repeatedly told that wins don't matter for a pitcher. Um, and as, as you say, the, those, those new age things, in particular the war statistics, they keep coming up. Um, and it, it can be frustrating because you can have a guy who um, puts up some, some very real numbers, uh, the 100 RBI numbers that we grew up as kids thinking was a magic number, um, and it's not appreciated as much. Um, so that there's definitely good and bad to it. Uh, I, um, I can holes in a lot of arguments um you know certainly lots of times folks will argue about a player's war and an easy way to shoot that down is to in turn ask the individual to explain to you their calculation of war uh, because there's very few people that can actually just fit it off the top of their head um that you know the ops number you mentioned i i actually like that one Yet, at the same time, you could argue, you know, OPS is on-base percentage plus slugging percentage. Uh, you can argue that someone just woke up one day and decided to add two statistics to each other. So you can certainly argue that it's good or, or argue that it's just some arbitrary motion there. 
Um, but yeah, it's, it's a different time. It's a very, very different time. We're talking with Bo McGinnis. Bo, b- before we let you go, Major League Baseball has a high international presence. You know, what impact do you see that on college baseball? We were talking to Eric DeBose a couple of weeks ago. He was a six-round guy coming out of high school, turned it down to come to Mississippi State, and that was in 1995, and that was a big deal. And now you're seeing more and more players who may be drafted in the top ten rounds coming to college. Do those two kind of go hand-in-hand, hand and, and how does that work? You know, I, I – I'm still a believer that we should go to a worldwide draft myself. And, and that could certainly add clarity as to who's going to come to college and who's not. Um, it, it still baffles me that uh, we, we have some folks, a lot of the, the Japanese that will come over here and sign these huge free agent contracts their first day here, whereas the U.S. born players not allowed to do that. In, in that sense, I, I think we, we've got some room for improvement and, our, our next collective bargaining agreement will come up next year after 2021, and I think that'll get discussed again. I, I don't know that it's going to happen, but it will be discussed. Um, you know, certainly with regard to the guys who do come to college, you know, I, I'm the firm believer that you should. I, I have worked with 119 players who have reached the major league level, and only six have signed out of high school. Now, my numbers are very skewed uh, because – in general, I, I prefer the college player. They're, they're a little more predictable, uh, and they tend to be the more knowledgeable player. Um, but at the same time, the numbers kind of speak for themselves. Um, and, that, you know, the, the hot topic in the news, or one of the hot topics, has been Major League Baseball's desire to eliminate some minor league clubs. I, forgive me, I may butcher the number, but I think it's 34 minor league clubs they're trying to eliminate. And it was Donald Fear, the head of our players' union, about 20 years ago. He told Major League Baseball, he said, if you're concerned about player development costs, you should make a greater investment into college baseball. Uh, college baseball has advanced to the level that it truly can serve as a rookie level or a low-level A. And in turn, you don't need as many single-A baseball clubs in, in the minor league. Bo, appreciate you joining us. Don't be a stranger. Thank you so much for having me. Love visiting with you guys. And once again, this interview brought to you by Heartland Catfish. And make sure to go by and get Nick's Barbecue and Catfish in Carlisle, Arkansas, the best catfish on I-40, that corridor between Memphis and Little Rock. Back with more on Out of Left Field, presented by Farm Bureau.